2: In that case, I pronounce
3: you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Lock Talk Radio. why we can't go outside and play today? Baby, because there's too much happening out there. We got misguided people in this world who turn to violence. And use guns and sometimes innocent people like you and me get caught in the middle of it. Well, what's wrong with them? Baby, I don't know. They need change a lot. the parents and the L.C. And what it is true meaning of community. is where we live, it's so divided. Ain't no room to see, see I'm tired of reading TV screens. And headlines don't seem to show that they dream dreams. Their child wanna play right? But they came cause the block filled with gunfire. Ain't no name on them bullets when they take fly. And so we're praying that God for a safe night. Right? is getting wild out here. Should no parent ever have to lose their child out here? So how we gon' gain? the a now here yeah, when the message unnerved, though it's loud and so clear It make me want really to fly away, highway, but I gotta say We don't reach on these streets, trying to show a better way The rich, poor, black, white, man, woman, still it affects you. Violence ain't racist. Death come in committed faces, complacent. Till it hits home, that's when you taste it. And all of these murders and numbers unheard of, for reasons unheard of, account for a third of crimes just committed. You hear, but do you feel it now? Me and my people stand stronger till they get it. Tell the streets to put the thousands down. Build a foundation here on common ground, and cry. You know that we won't stop until that peace is found. Silent cry through the night, can you hear that sound? His media don't play this, and a part of the problem. It takes people in all positions to get together and solve. In one city, one state, one nation, one voice, and the victory is ours if you can make one choice. Oh, why can't we live here in peace? That peace is what we need. Why don't we? See? can be very challenging and stressful at times. Our staff of professionals organizes your event down to every last detail, no matter what size your special event may be. Our creativity and attention to detail turns your ordinary party into an extraordinary event. At Andy Clyde's, world-class service for our clients is standard. We can provide travel arrangements, accommodations, event sites, caterers, florists, photographers, transportation, hair stylists and makeup artists, favors, daily plans for guests and pre-event information such as detailed maps, save the date cards and invitations. Being a custom event planner means that we cater to you. We are not locked in by guidelines passed down by corporate. It is our job to find the best possible way to present your event. We have been referred to as dream weavers because we listen to what you want. And get it done. Our specialties are the vacation packages. Visit our website at www.andeclides.net to see examples of what sets our services above others.
4: And remember, at Andy Clyde's, we are your how
2: you know how I feel. I'm feeling good.
0: We want to welcome you to Black Wall Street USA for April 7th, 2011. I'm Sonia Cassandra Perdue, founder of CBBN, author of Black America, Asking Ourselves the Tough Questions, Book 1, 2010, and your co-host for this evening's show. Our host, Mr. Ron Carter, chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago and publisher of the South Street Journal, will be joining us shortly. Let's start off first by thanking our host for last week. Mark S. Allen hosted the show last week. Mark is a board member of Black Wall Street Chicago as well as being chief of staff to the national president of Black Wall Street. We appreciate Mark taking the time to be with us last week. Our chairman was over at RAGE, Resident Association for Greater Inglewood, last week, and we're hoping to get an update and a report on what's going on over there in the 17th Ward, what's going on over in Inglewood. Now, more for Tay, more for Tay. Maureen, Executive Director of the Chicago Chapter of the National Action Network, headed by the Reverend Al Sharpton, was also on that show. We want to thank Mo for taking time out of her tremendously busy schedule to be with us. Also on that show was uh, Tatum O'Neill, uh, Ronald Tatum. You know, I'm all over the board today. Ronald Tatum, Executive Producer of Talking Success, for about 20 years, And he is a board member of Black Wall Street, Chicago. He was joined with Darlene Tate, who is the creator of the Self-Employment Expo. And my understanding, they've outgrown the uh, Hilton over there. They're going to be moving on somewhere next year. If you did not attend the Self-Employment Expo, you can still go to their website. They're going to take it national, and it's probably something that you should know about and be a part of. Visit www selfemployment com. you'll also find self employment expo on facebook we want to thank them for reaching out to the community i heard it was just overwhelming good job people good job you can also listen to that show right here on com slash cbbn and our archives all of our shows you'll find them right there in our archives you can also go to itunes we're right there are, too, on BlackWallStreetDistrict.com. As a matter of fact, we're the official broadcast of Black Wall Street National, and we always thank our national office for their support. So you can listen on Black Wall Street District. You can listen right here on com slash CBBN in our archives. And let's not forget, every Saturday, morning 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. this show is rebroadcast on wjpcchicago.com from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. you can listen to our show but don't just listen to them then listen to them tonight after you get off the air they have some great music going on over there. Antonio Chappelle does a great job over there. Join us right here every Thursday for Black Wall Street, USA. We're here from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Thursday evenings, and we want you to be with us on Thursdays, to be a part of sustaining and increasing black businesses across the country. If you'd like to be a guest on an upcoming show, give us a call, 312-239-8835. Our guest for this evening is going to be Paul McKinney. Paul McKinney was out at the last summit a couple of weeks ago, and um, quite interesting. He describes himself as an agitator, an instigator, a challenge to the system. And uh, if you go to the hoodreport.com, no, hoodreport.blogspot.com, you will see some of his videos out there, and uh, you'll know why he describes himself as such. But he's going to be joining us in just a few minutes. Want you to know that this show has a national focus. We reach out to organizations and individuals across this nation in our efforts to connect the dots. I know I'm going fast. It's like I had my Starbucks today, but I did. I really didn't. I really need it. Uh-oh, there's free advertising for Starbucks. No more free advertising. The spiritual dots of our people across this land, that's what we're hoping to do. We're hoping to hear about the stories that work. We want to know what works in your community. Uh, we know the problems. Oh, yes, we do. We know what the problems are. But we want to know what works. And uh, anytime you wish to join us, you have a community organization or you as an individual, because we forget there are individuals who do not belong to organizations who contribute a lot. Um, and we should find out what's going on with them. Our ongoing question for this year: What did Black America accomplish in 2010, and what is the number one priority for our communities in 2011? We'll be asking. We will be asking, I guess, for the evening on every show that question, as uh, my host remembers to do so. And at the end of the year. We want to look back and reflect on what the answer is. I was talking to a young man. Uh, My book is Black America, Asking Ourselves the Tough Questions. It's very, very difficult. And as you hear us ask this question, it's very difficult to ask the question and have the person remain focused on answering the questions. And they're not even politicians. It's very... I'm going to ask the newspaper man about that. I bet he knows about that. It's very, very difficult. So I asked the young man the first question in black America, asking ourselves the tough questions. I I let him read the first questions. I'm having it proofed again, and I'm getting a new cover. So I was meeting with my proofreader. So, and he came over, he heard our conversation, and he started getting involved, which is fine. He read the first question, but went on to talk about his concerns. I kept trying to bring him back and focus him on answering the tough questions. He had great difficulty with it. He could not do it. He wanted to address his concerns. And I. one thing I said to him, I understand that you want to tell me your concerns, but I would really like you to ask this question. He had difficulty with it. And my point was to him, it's difficult for us to address the concerns and issues, if we cannot stay focused and talk about them? How do we get to a solution if we cannot stay focused on solving a particular concern or creating some better ways about that particular concern? But we will be asking, I guess, that question for the evening, and I hope to have some uh, upcoming shows on the tough questions. This is Black Wall Street USA. I'm Sonya Perdue, co-host for this evening. Our caller number is 347-326-9477. Our caller number is 347-326-9477. The guest room is open. Please leave your website links, uh, your contact information in there. That's how we connect. That's how we uh, continue to grow. Now, what we want to do, if you want to listen, if you want to speak to the host, myself, or the upcoming guest, please press the number one. People will say again and again and again, I wanted to try it again and I tried it again, and you need to press the number one in order for you to come in. Let's take a few minutes now. I guess I'll give the host two minutes. Let's bring the host and chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago on the air. Ron, welcome to the show. Good evening, are you there? I'm here. Well, How are you? Oh am so glad to hear your voice. Um you are. Oh what? of course. Of what? course. It's your show. What? Then I have I'd have to do the show for two hours. I can, but I would have oh. to do the show for two hours. So it's it's good to have you go ahead and do your thing, right? And personally well, thank you probably you. got Yeah. <laughs> you probably got a thing or two to share with us. We haven't spoken to you since number one, the summit. And number two, last week you we were over at Rage Residents Resident Organization. No, what, what is it? Resident Association for Greater Inglewood. Is that correct? That's it, right?
5: That's it.
0: Not,
5: so, yeah, um, it's, it's a name that takes a lot of people by surprise. Um, and the the acronyms are can reflect the community, but not necessarily reflect the organization um Englewood has that cloud of being that uh of, of that ghetto per se for a lack of words in Chicago as it somewhat has um t- took the number one spot in the absence of public housing that no longer exists in Chicago but it has a a rich history uh even from the uh the gospel music uh started from the Inglewood community. Uh you have a lot of uh good history but the, that Inglewood community is surrounded by the Album Aggression and by Grand Crossing and by uh, New City and, and West Inglewood. And so RAGE is an organization just formed last, I think, October or November, and already it has RAGE, a community interest that's beyond the norm. It started off uh, sponsoring candidates' form in this particular community, have uh, six automatic offices that represents them. They want to, uh, as Chicago, go through the redistricting and the remapping of its political wards. They want that to fall down to uh, to two aldermen representing their ward, opposed to six, because you got six different heads that's going in different directions and not focused on the community. Uh, but the focus of last Thursday, I mean sorry, last Thursday was to get an assessment from the leadership
4: and exactly
5: what direction that the community is going. As it broke down in workshops or smaller groups to get an assessment. Uh, naturally, one I think is about six sections. And of those six sections uh that was breaking broken down in groups, the one they got the most participants were was the the safety, uh and housing. Those were the two. Uh there were two others, uh four others which was uh redistricting, education, economic development and uh culture. Those were the others, but safety was the main concern. Uh, My position as I was a speaker at the event was that once we control the economics of the community, then that would take care of everything else. It would take care of jobs. It would take care of of, uh, education. It would take care of crime. It would take care of a cultural identification of a community, the same way it does in Chinatown, Little Village, Korean Town, uh, Greek Town, all those other towns that have a ethnic pool to it. Is the same way with uh, that what Inglewood have to do. So we have engaged in some ideas they have poured into directing part of 69th Street or all of 69th Street for the most part to be a Black Wall Street district part of Inglewood and that is the purpose of having some self-identification but there is a lot of work that needs to be done because there's um, the complica- complications of being a TIF area uh, and again the first point was that they have six aldermen that are representing this community so you got six heads, six chiefs And how do you get all these six chiefs uh, to be on the same page It's practical to do so, but sometimes difficult based on these aldermen representing so many interests. So that was a a big step for them, and this also was a big step for Black Wall Street uh, because our initiative has been to work with mainly businesses, but this was a group of community homeowners and residents that was concerned about the big picture, so it took Black Wall Street in a position to get more grounded in the residents of an area to be a part of this Black wall Street movement. so it was a good meeting, and uh we're moving further, even to today we had a nice uh a meeting that dealt with where is the money, getting the money to do all these Black Wall Street district p- projects that we're engaged in. So, yes, we've been busy, and uh, I missed you this morning.
0: Sorry, uh, Chairman, I had another appointment, but I'll I'll be sure to be at next Wednesday's meeting. Thank you so much for thinking of me.
5: Now, I think you're Ryan, really sorry, but go ahead. Anyway. <laughs>
0: You, you said I would lie about it? Okay. <laughs> no, um, I
5: ain't going to say lie, but I'll say something close to it. But anyway, yes, we missed you. That's okay. Uh, I
0: bet, and I don't, re- I don't even really believe you all miss me. I don't know. Get this started now. Now, yeah. um, let's talk about leadership. We're Our guest uh, for the evening, Paul McKinney, is on the line. And we're going to come to you shortly, Mr. McKinney, because we know uh, I've watched your the hood report videos, we know you got something to share with us. But before we go uh to a very brief break, let's talk about I've um uh, sorta of kept my eye on, you know, I'm overwhelmed sometimes over here. I've sorta of kept my eye on Rage and of course uh as impressed as you are, not as an invol as involved, but as impressed. What's making the difference over there and them making the difference that they're making over there because they're making accomplishments they're they're setting a template as I, i've said before on numerous shows what's making the difference over there ron the difference with that organization? Is that
5: this here is a grassroots movement that's not influenced by existing leadership existing leadership that has normally set the tone and set the pattern where grassroots uh organizations have to follow Uh, There has been, um, uh, you know, if I can even just call some names, you know, say the List Foundation. They have a citywide agenda and which how they feel as though the city needs to move. And as they move through their big budget operation, they tend to impress upon the local leadership their agenda for the good of the community. Now, I'm not saying that their agenda is not good for the community, but sometimes that leadership is not always directed among among the regular community. Sometimes it's directed by outside resources. And that has been the case in many times when you think you have a grassroots movement but that grassroots movement has strings attached. And so that's the difference about rage, and I can say in my assessment that's the difference about our upcoming guest, uh, uh, Paul McKinney, with vote. Because sometimes when you receive money, your mission and your objective change to accommodate where you're getting your money from. So you may start off being concerned about housing, but funders say we want to fund jobs. So you alter your agenda for housing to structure it for jobs and still trying to do your original objective, but is move in order for you to accommodate the jobs grant you're getting. So it's a matter of how organizations all around the city is being able to stay focused on their initial mission opposed to the mission of where they're getting funding from. It's almost like sometimes elected officials where a lot of elected officials will have their uh, agenda set of a goodwill, but when they're not getting their funding base from the Area that they represent, then money comes from different sources tend to direct how that elected official is to respond to certain issues, and they have already made their agreements with the elected official. So then the community want to know what happened to this grandstand uh, grassroots movement that this elected official was about uh, but a lot of times we don't know who is calling the fundraising shot for that elected official. So the same thing can apply to organizations. And uh, uh, naturally, Chicago held this big political overtone that do get in the way of progress, as our initial statement was, uh, uh, what have black America achieved? Uh, we have achieved a lot. But sometimes is clouded based on the political overtones and the constant changing of agendas that make it hard to determine what we have actually accomplished. So yeah, that's my assessment on this uh, leadership. Uh, uh, again, we have to take in consideration that America is based on capitalism. So who are you going to cap on? Who's the prey? Who's the predator? that you got to capitalize on based on the nature of this country. Uh capitalism has not is not always a bad thing but it does preach individualism even in we go to the church. It's individualism of getting to God opposed to we as a people getting to God. So
0: that's my assessment. Now, I don't know how many questions you asked there, answered there, but <laughs> in the Black Wall Street USA, that's the chairman of Black Wall Street, Ron Carter, uh, answering <laughs> <ten> questions <laughs> when I asked the one. But I want to thank you for that. But since you led into that segue about voting, Paul McKinney, I'm going to say this one thing, because I know he got something to say about everything you just said. Also, uh, I think in my limited um, experience, that some of this is clouded by those people who seem confused about what their duties and responsibilities are, yes. And it's also clouded by those people who are there to wear those titles, do nothing, and steer that money where it should not be going anyway. You listen to Black Wall Street USA. I'm the co-host, Sonia Perdue, founder of Chicago's ChicagoBlackBusinessNetwork.com author of Black America, Asking ourselves the Tough Questions. We want to bring Paul McKinney on the show now. We're going to skip the break. Paul, are you there? Uh, yeah. Welcome to Black Wall Street Can you hear me? You're on the air with Ron Carter.
5: How you doing, Mr. Paul? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Uh, I hear you very, very, very well. You're coming in nice and clear. matter oh. of fact, uh, a little louder than normal. Is that the... Uh, uh, the atmosphere okay. that you're gonna to continue to bring from you being on the streets.
3: Okay, first of all I'd like to say that uh, I had a conversation uh two days ago with some lawyers and the lawyers made a very clear understanding to me that the the unions and I and in the city of Chicago seeming how that they, they discriminate against African Americans, while there are four hundred thousand trade unions in the state of Illinois and less than 15000 of the African-American. And the question came up, well, why are they so concerned with funding the aldermans? Why are they so concerned? Why are so much concerned with SEIU when SEIU is is basically a, a Latino-infested company? I mean, it has more Latinos in that company in, 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 in that trade union than any African-American. Why is it? They're not funding the Latinos who are running for legitimate change like in the 10th Ward, like in the 14th Ward, and and as well as over the 18th Ward. Because these organizations are directly violating the 1965 Voting Rights Act. Now, you all may say, well, how are they doing it? Well, they're doing it because they benefit from this system. This structure that is set up by the unions in the city of Chicago. Black folks don't benefit from unions, and any black person that's listening to me, every time you walk out your door and you see black folks not working, it's the unions created that that, that culture of no work. If you're tired of violence in your community, well, they're not having violence in their community on the level that we have it because they employ their people. You cannot have unemployed people at an alarming rate, 80 to 70 percent of young African-American men, whether they be in high school or whether they be grown men into their 40s, unemployed, that is literally an unemployed army walking through your community. So, well, you need Paul, let me ask you, let's this this, this this back question. up a little bit. Why?
5: Paul, let me, let's me let back up a little bit. Tell us who you are and who you represent and how you got to be where you are in this whole movement of and I don't even know what you would call that movement. So let's, who are you and what are you where you come from to okay. be in a position first, that first you're in. Of all,
3: my name is Paul McKinley. I'm a part of a exocend group. And when I got out the joint, I I had been to the joint, I did fourteen years and nine months. And that was my third time at the penitentiary. And we had a Christian sister by the name of Mother York who taught us that uh, you just getting your life together don't matter. You have to go and do street repentance. You have to go back out into society and help those brothers and sisters to make sure that they don't travel down the track, the path of destruction, like you did. So when I got out to join in 1997, one of the first things I saw immediately was the disenfranchis of us can't get no job. Everywhere I went, they kept saying, well, you've been to the the penitentiary. But everybody else could get work. Everybody else could go to work. You didn't have to know the language. You didn't have to be from the country. And and it was just personal to me. I thought, how is a structure put in place like this where we can't go to work in our own community where all this construction is being done? For instance, let me give the audience a real understanding about the construction industry. The governor just passed $11 billion construction. Well,
5: well, well, before you go into that, let me, you know, you represent, uh, I'll see you representing two things. You're representing vote, um, voices of the ex-offender, and you're also representing the hood. Can you give us a background of those two entities that you represent?
3: Well, most of the people that's in the community consider shorty on the block the problem. They see them selling crack in front of their house, and a lot of the seniors have a serious problem with that. But they never ask the question, where's all this crack coming from? They never deal with the fact that a lot of people that's on the street selling crack has immunity. Yeah, immunity. As long as they give a quota or telling them 15, 20 guys a day, they can tell all the crack they want. Why, why right now? The alderman in the 10th Ward was arrested with one of the largest crack mobs, cocaine mobs, in the state of Illinois. But it hasn't been on TV. They haven't, and no one has said anything about that because they're not dealing with the real facts of what's going on in our community. They can lock So up is that how vote was, was school, developed? There's going to be some smoke 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 shortage that's going to sell crack again. So the, the root of the problem is is that there is no opportunities in our community for black men. Mm-hmm. For black men, that's the bottom line. Mm-hmm. Now,
5: if you, when you say there's no opportunity, uh, so you have uh, taken the position with your representatives a vote to uh, make opportunity, demand opportunity, or are you uh,
4: taking well, it? Uh, well, what so, do, what is what your leadership stand
3: on this here? Protest construction sites. And we demand that uh, I heard the young lady brought up, and you too, brought up about C.H.A., which was moved to Inglewood. And I have a lot to say about that. Matter of fact, I want the audience to hear very good that there was a decision made. And that decision was made with Terry Peterson, Ronnie Emanuel, and the mayor. Because a lady by the name of Mary Stamps out of Katana Greens was pushing for the right of reentry, right, the right of return. So when they tear down the project, they were supposed to build it up right there on the spot, and the people in the project were supposed to help them do the construction and small businesses and cottage industries right there in the project. It's called the transformation plan. Well, right. the people, when they were talking about we're going to have affordable housing, they had three tiers. They said we're going to sell condos, houses, uh, affordable rent, and a low income. Well, here's what they actually did under Ron Emanuel, who a lot of you brothers and sisters went have right out there and voted for. Not that I'm a fan of the other two candidates, but I think you ought to do a little studying before you just jump up and vote for somebody. Well, they came up with a plan to say that they were going to take the, more, the most poor, which the people of the project is the most chronic of the poor people, and put them in Inglewood, Roseland, South Shore, as well as in the Austin area. Now, once they put these people in these areas, it created a spike in the violence, and those people that was in those areas were leasing out their houses, moving to, because uh, you have to understand, Inglewood is the working poor, blue-collar working people. So they was, a lot of them had owned their homes, and so they wanted to get in on the cash out on the Section piece, and so they leased their houses out and they moved out to Flossmore, Country Club Hills, Manson, all into the south suburbs. You well, know, they had two mortgages. They had two properties to take care of. We talk about black folks. So when they all moved out there, when the poor moved into their house, well section eight wasn't enough. They never gave them the job that were guaranteed according to the transformation plan. So they could, If your toilet got messed up in your house, you own the house. And they, they they didn't understand it because they wasn't socially conditioned. They have what they call the whole six, which is 30, $35 million, which uh Frank Winkle, your president, which a lot of you brothers and sisters voted for her. She squandered the money so the people were not orientated or socially developed so when they came to these communities, they would know how to deal with the house. They would know how to deal with all these different things. Well, you know the rest is history because you had a spike in the violence in school, you had a spike in the in the murder in these communities, and then these houses, you created an epidemic of foreclosure. You, that's what you created. Now, so you, you, time, you pointed out the to the Rob Emanuel, to what did he
5: have to do with the this? Huh? Uh, Paul, what did Rob Emanuel have to
3: do with all this that you're saying? Well, Ron Emanuel used to work for C.H.A. He's the one who went to Washington, D.C. to get the money. He went and got the when, money when year from are you referring from to? Governor Clinton. And when he went, what, what, okay, Governor okay, Clinton? When he went to Washington, D.C. to get the money from Clinton, he was given the opportunity. He quit C.H.A., and he floated the bonds at the Illinois Finance Authority, and he made out like a bandit. See, they couldn't sell the properties because they kept talking about the right of return. And people didn't want to move. It was like, well, you can move the people out of the project and you bring them back and you telling me you're going to sell it to me. I don't want to move in there. That was the whole plan. And Terry Peterson was the procedure. He, His job was to get in there and make sure it happened. Larry Daly's job, as well as Father Flager and other people, was to blame the victims of, at the crime scene. They were supposed to come in and keep your mind only blamed at the victims and not at the policy, not at the structure, not at the machine. And there are some people that listening to me right now that's getting very offended because they have these pet theories and these pet ideas and these pet leaders. If all but, these leaders – now, let me say this to you, to the listening audience. When all these leaders we have in the city of Chicago – whether it be the Nation of Islam, whether it be Operation Push, which the headquarters of Operation Push in Chicago, the headquarters for the MWCP or the Colored, po- People, Colored People Organization is in Chicago. The headquarters of uh, 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 Black Hebrew Israelite, Prince Asiel, is in Chicago. The head of the Urban League is in Chicago. With all these vacant lots and all this murder and mayhem in our community, if they say they've been helping us, stop helping us right now. We don't need your help no more. But all this stuff happening in our community. You can no longer see that your leaders are not involved in it. They well, are let, me, not uh, let me involved in it. Yeah, Paul, let me kind of they, get As yeah, you talking now, want about to leadership. Want to Black leaders are not only involved in it, they're benefiting from They're living in pillars. They're flying all over the world. They're eating good. They're riding good. Now, in Rome, there's a statement. When a crime is committed, the first statement of the judge is, who benefits? Surely the poor people didn't benefit. Surely the people in Inglewood did not benefit. Lottendale, East Chicago. We didn't well, then, if
5: you look at the, uh, as you made this statement, as you made these uh, comments and you looked and you pointed out regarding the leadership and in the state of Chicago where it said, how do you fit into, as we made the initial point, what have black America achieved? How do you look at the achievement based on your works since 1997 to the present as it relates to the current leadership that you have put on notice? Well, first of all,
3: let's look at the leadership and let's look at the issue at hand. When the people is duped, it's almost like a, a rape victim or a kidnapped victim or a battered wife. When the people have been uh, duped by these leaders, no matter what I say to them, they don't believe me. They don't believe that these leaders are doing this. So the major thing is to get them from under the smell of these leaders. And it's a spell. They're definitely under the spell. because when you explain to them what happened, like some of the people in the audience right like now who are offended of some of the things that I'm saying, they're more offended of me telling them what happened to them than them sitting back saying, well, let me go research and see if this is true or not. They're more offended. And that's more than anything else. That is our quest. Our quest, and if you were listening What takes me this mission is to expose fraudulent leadership. Everything that happened to you in this community, they played
0: a part of it. Mm -hmm. So, So would you say
5: that since this time there has not been no real uh, uh, achievement based on the current leadership, or are you saying that the leadership has uh, 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 sprayed um, uh, gasoline on the existing fire?
3: Well, Every time, just like the group that you said, uh, I was down at the um uh, District in redistricting And the group that you were just speaking on, the uh, MAD, is that the name of MAD from Inglewood?
5: Rage? Is that their name MAD? No, it's a group I'm, called Rage in Inglewood.
3: Yeah, Rage, Rage, Rage was, uh, was down there at the redistricting District in and, uh And we all sat at the table together. They had a brother, young brother, and young sister. And they were sitting there, and one of the things that was very peculiar was to me was they, they 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 gave the same sentiments that you just said about that Inglewood don't need no bunch of aldermen, and we the only well, area that truly chopped up to different franchises, which is a violation of 1954 uh, voting like act. That. that was that's they done that on purpose so they can fragment our strength in that in that large area. So one of the things that the brothers was in there, one of the things that they saw was that they had the Urban League down there and they had the NWCP down there. The NWCP requested that in the black community, which is uh, Londell, they have a community called Londell. Londell is similar to Inglewood in every in every form of the world. I'm talking about in the poverty zone, uh ex-acendals. We've got 40% of ex offenders in, and Londale, I mean, everything that Inalwood okay, got New got, got the same block. They'd right. each other. And, and uh, the NWCC did not ask, that Londale be reunified? It actually asked that uh, Munoz, which is the alderman, Latino alderman, who don't have enough uh, votes in his ward to be a alderman, requested that the black community, help the Latino community, and make sure that they'll be able to have a war. Well see, this is this is this whole problem with this liberal agenda that black folks think. See, black folks are so liberal that we believe should serve everybody but black folks. That's why some of the people that's listening to me now are offended. Because they're more concerned about being in other groups than being in their own group.
5: Well then that's look let me ask you and this. Even to the point that as you pinpoint the actions or the lack of actions of the the quote-unquote black organizations that was represented in the redistrict meeting, um, is there a question that uh, I think that I have to go back a little bit, that we uh, did a story on your organization maybe about ooh, four years ago, and we – kind of gave you all the name of Braveheart, kind of tailored from the, the movie uh, that I think Mel Gibson was in, uh, meaning that there were some quote-unquote rebels that was fighting the English. But the hardest part of fighting, the the, the hardest part of Scotland, the Scottish people, fighting the English for their freedom was that there were noble leaders that was keeping the lay people from rebelling against the English. Uh, in your workings... and That's, and that's true. Okay, that's true. so in your workings okay. that you, okay, based on you agree with that ana- analysis of what happened with the Scottish and the English, and if you can compare that with the blacks and the whites in the United States, how do you measure success? Is is it more of planning for a revolution or planning to avoid a riot? Well, let me say this then.
3: I was at a meeting the other day with some sisters, and the sisters were uh, so-called revolutionary sisters, so-called. And the first thing, even in that house, with them so called revolutionaries on, there's a lot of mixed mac ideas over there. First of all, what they consider as pan Africanism is Eurocentric uh, Africanism. They consider any European idea up underneath Marx, socialism, or whatever, which is another form of colonizing our people and colonizing our people under another European philosophy. And I asked these people who was in this meeting, I said, why are we not following the Garvey example instead of the Niagara example? Uh, and it was very offended. You see, you have to understand, some of our people don't want to do money that's black. Well, well, again, I'm just going to I'm going to ask dinner this dinner.
5: question again. Let me get this kind of clear What's now. Are based on what you are saying regarding our leadership, do you see us planning for a revolution, or are we planning to avoid a riot?
3: Well, I see in the future that just like these uh, last elections just like these last elections this last election really showed white folks that black folks ain't filling these so-called leaders. No, no. They're not filling them. They're, they're, they're really not feeling them. And the reason why they're not filling them is because you can use, you can fool the people some of the time. You may be even a fool of people most of the time, but you can't fool the people all the time. And I think that we're at a, a level in the history of Chicago of people, they just ain't feeling them no more now.
5: So, well, how do you say that we're not feeling it or the people not feeling it when you still have a very low uh, voter turnout? Is it but, based but, but on that is, what? That
3: is the sign of them not feeling it because there is no real choice. For instance, in the 24th board, you had Michael Chandler and you had Sharon Dixon, but did you have a real choice? You really didn't have no real choice in the matter. Both of them were uh, anti-the people. Both of them. Then, in the 16th Ward, you did have an opportunity with Harold Bassett, but around 3 o'clock, he locked him up, and it's on every TV station. Now, when he, as long as he was running, he couldn't get on TV. But they locked him up, spooked the voters, and make it seem like he's a brawler. Oh, man, I don't vote for him. Uh, man, he, be, he, he he keep up too much trouble. Mm-hmm. So what I'm saying to you is that The people are not going to vote their way to freedom That's not going to happen We're not going to go to the election And vote ourselves and we're going to be free So then it's what is that
5: happen. direction then what, what is that direction If you're saying that well, voting you, Our way is getting, not to freedom Then what is I that spend, direction
3: it's free. That, That's why I brought about these young ladies I was talking to. Mm-hmm. Now what you're getting Is these so called Fringe groups. These so called fringe revolutionary groups that ain't on nothing. Ain't gonna do nothing. Just talk to sit around and just talking, survive, you talking you? and log in to sleep. So who you, who are you referring to? The Give me an example of when people, you say those facts. I'm I'm trying to say this to you because it's not as simple as one, two, three. Mm-hmm. The people must come to the conclusion that they want change. They even got to get see Barack Obama for who he really is. They have to see him for who he really is. Since he's been officer, he hasn't bombed no European country. That's an African country he's bombing. So you still haven't You still haven't addressed my question. To Congress and get a power Black folks have to wake up on their own time
5: Okay, well, again, based on keep the present.
3: On away and beat
5: foot. Yeah, but see, based on the right. present, what are we doing? Are we organizing for some progress or a re- re- uh, revolution? Or are we just organizing, trying to avoid a frustration that turns into a riot? Where do you assess where we are? Is it progress or is it maintaining uh, a combination of issues?
3: I think that we're not, I don't think that we have, I think the people are frustrated. But I don't think the frustration is directed to white folks. Remember, Mm -hmm. they're not for black people. That means so that do you think
5: that black folks are organized to be disorganized?
3: No. No, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that. I would say that the people have to wake up. Many a times our people in the past, they had what they called a town crier. As long as he was crying and hollering and telling what was going on, the people were more so going with the Pied Piper. What I'm saying you the Pied Piper that played his course, he ran his course. Now the town crier, they can hear him. They can hear the town crier, and so just like this election, take this election instance. No one was saying anything about Mayor Daley. Even when Daley gave up the, the gave up the seat, to the throne, and tumbled down off the mountain of corruption, look how many black people tried to run for And you know for a fact that wrong was only one speaking out against that man in our groups. Mm -hmm. Well, you
5: have been known, uh, I have to say, you have been, you and your membership of vote has been known to be very aggressive when you take on uh, positions. I think that there was at one point you was known to, as an example, to you had an issue with the Chicago Defender, the black newspaper here in Chicago, where you went into the... uh, Chicago defender, and there was some physical uh, uh, touching based on you taking a position. There was a case where you was at Rainbow Push, where I've heard that you actually took one of you or your members took the mic out of Reverend Jackson's uh, hand as he was speaking, and I think I heard something that Mayor Daley was at a, uh, a platform and did you actually took, take the mic out of Mayor Daley's hand? And then uh, there's a video was, that, that you was, that have. Happened on that
3: happened on the website. That happened on the website.
5: Right. And then there's some videos yeah. where you crash in private meetings. So how do you, uh, what is your take? I mean, some people have said, now, they are, th- these vote people are some nice guys, but their tactics are just too unorthodox How do you address that And then uh, what I just said Is that true what I said Or are there just some rumors Even though you just said That you yeah. did do that to Mayor Daly.
3: Yeah We yeah. Uh, went down uh, What happened at the Chicago Defender Worlds First of all, Chicago Defender is not a black owned organization White folks own it Second of all The Chicago Defender had an incident where the Chicago police had shot and killed the young man down the street from the Chicago Defender. They got on TV and claimed that the young man who got shot in the back was one of them famous shot-in-the-back cases and told everybody that the young man was pulling a gun on the police. So we went down there, and the people in that community was upset. But we went down there and we raised all the people up and we marched inside of the, the defender. And uh, things must have got a little rough or whatever, you know what I'm saying? But uh they got the they got the drawing that stop lying on our people is bad enough that the white press is lying on our people. Now you got the black press going along with every lie white folks say. Right. Okay, well, uh, Paul,
5: we got a call on the line. Uh, hold on, one. Okay, uh, Sonya, we have a caller.
0: Yes, Mr. Chairman, That'll we do. You're, you're listening to Black Wall Street USA with Ron Carter, publisher of South Street Journal, and uh, Paul McCarthy. McKinley. With the Vote Organization. We're not. Let's this, go this, to
5: this the. Not the Beatles. Okay.
0: To- McKinney oh. <laughs> <laughs> Talking <laughs> about your Sonia <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I remember the Beatles Let's go to our call in Chicago Area code 312 It's going to be on, Chairman Let's go to our caller three. Area code 312 uh, Last four digits, 5653 five, You're on the air with Black Wall Street, Chicago Do you have a Black Wall Street, USA Do you have a comment or a question? Tell us who you are
3: uh, good evening. How are you? Okay. How are you,
5: sir? Your name and where you're from in Chicago?
3: Uh, uh, this is the special assistant to the chair Black Wall Street Chicago chapter, Ronald Tatum. <laughs> uh, How you doing, say, Ronald
5: Tatum? Uh,
3: <laughs> good evening to my good brother, Paul. Uh, chairman, let the brother talk. Now, I know you got your journalist hat on, he got some good information. And Paul is doing nothing any different than what we did in the 60s. We had to be very aggressive. And sometimes we had to return the tables and become provocateurs so that we could heighten the contradictions of those things that affect the African American community. If we didn't have people like Paul McKinney, Mark Carter, Mark Allen, Ron Carter using his pen and his paper, Webb Evans talking about buying black, trying to wake the people up, we surely wouldn't be going nowhere because we've been pushing too long. How long have we been pushing? Jesse's still trying to listen to W I I F M. what's in it for me, instead of listening to WVON, which is also questionable, what they talk about. So I'm looking forward to getting off the line and listen, my good brother Paul McKinney share some more information about some of the strategies, whether they be covert, overt, or out in the open, because it's much needed. Negroes in America and in Chicago, which is one of the few cities that had the greatest opportunities for economic development and political empowerment, been sitting on their hands too long. And they're going to be just like you, the middle class Negroes, just, you know, that's got their businesses, or they become politicians instead of public They're going to find themselves in the line, walking towards the gas chamber with the people that they look down on.
5: Mm-hmm. And that's
4: my comment.
5: Right. Well, Paul, based on things a so lot, based on this, the statements by Renault, do you get many... Uh, statements from people like Equinor based on your tactics and strategies or do you get most people saying hold back, cool out? What is most of the response that you get based on the tactics of vote?
3: Well, first of all, among the young people, they feel me. When they see when the police have them out there doing what they're doing to them, and don't want to catch who gave them that shit, excuse me, and constantly want to make the little shorties out of the villain, which we have villainized. We have villainized our children. We have taken our children and villainized them. Now, let me show you what Mayor Daley did. Mayor Daley made sure that there would be no leadership in the black community. We don't have no leaders. Y'all folks will believe what you want. I'm talking about in the church house, in the Muslim house, in the gangs in the streets, in the business house. In in well, Mason House, whatever house you are talking about, they ain't no leaders because they all been going along with what this man talked about, and the ones that didn't go along with it either got knocked off, locked up, ran out of town. So well, then, as you say, that, that
5: if you take the position that there is no leadership, I'm going back to my earlier question, is that is uh, we are organizing. For a revolution, or we're organizing, trying to avoid a riot, because without leadership, that is what happened. Unless you're saying there are some leadership that is organizing for a riot.
3: No, there's not. First of all, the leadership that I know is not organizing for no riot. Now you do have friends groups that wish that will sit back and watch something happen and run up in front of the line. But, see, there's a word on the streets in the movement community, ain't number one movement. Ain't no three and four different movements, and you got your. And, basically, that's what I was letting them sisters know about that communist stuff. They was talking about, we ain't feeling that.
2: Mm-hmm. We ain't okay, feeling well, one far, white man and get up
3: on another white man.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: We got another caller on the line. There are, leaders, there are leaders in our community, but mm-hmm. they are grassroots leaders.
5: Okay, Paul, we got another caller. I want you to take another caller from us. Okay, uh, Sonia, we got another
0: caller? I'm here, Ron. You're listening to Black Wall Street USA. Let's go to area code 773, last four digits, 5136. Tell us who you are. You're on the air with Black Wall Street USA. Your question or comment?
4: Uh, How's it going? This is Oak. I'm sorry, this is who again? Oak. Oak. Um, oh, where you calling from? From Chicago. Okay. And and I I've been listening in for the last 15-20 minutes. Sorry, I got in late. Um. And I, I and I can say this. I can say that people can be right for the wrong reasons. Um. And and you know and do ends that you know that cloud what their well you know cloud with, with the, what their ultimate vision was. But I, I do support in theory. What my man is saying, um, I, I do support that um, that that there there isn't any definitive leadership. I don't think that anybody's organizing for a riot or organizing for a revolution. I think that everybody's being emasculated. My personal thing, I think that you know they they set up the black community so women head the household until you you know to 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 be easy. So I don't think there will be a revolution or a riot. I think it will, will be pacified. But um, mm-hmm. but I do understand that the the reason why they do what they do, even if they have radical um, means in which to to get their point across. Means. Okay, well thank you for that
5: comment, uh, Paul. I'm call you are welcome to stay on to respond to uh, Paul. Paul. So the the comment was and the statement was that we are mainly being pacified, and if I can uh, editorialize that, that means that we are. Being organized to stay idle, which no progress or so. How do you assess that? Uh,
3: I, 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 I don't. I don't. I don't think so, because they didn't organize us not to vote. They wanted us to vote. Black leadership on every level wanted us to vote. In the word went out through the grassroots community: we ain't getting in this. We ain't voting no, We either way. Neither one of them is our candidate. You don't choose our leader. so from the grassroots level, most of the grassroots conscious people weren't trying to get behind none of them. Now we did want to extend a hand for uh, Doc Walls, but it appeared like you know all was lost. But he still ran a a noble uh, candidacy, as far as I'm concerned. But that's not really the issue. The issue is is that they. Are. We're organizing us because they need us to get Barack Obama over the hump. They need to bring out a $1 bill and hypnotize the whole black community and put that $1 bill back in their pocket. That's what they need us to do. They need to provoke Barack Obama. That's the reason why Ron Emanuel got in office the way he did. That's the reason why Mayor Daley didn't do nothing for him at first until Barack took uh, Mayor Daley's brother
4: uh, and
3: gave him a cabinet spot, then there, Dealey jumped on the phones and made a, a real effort to try to get Ronnie Emanuel in. And this statement that uh, we only need 25 aldermen, that's what Emanuel's talking that And I, I, I was watching Sawyer just the other day. Now, Sawyer, being an alderman, his first statement, when they asked him about it, he said he's open to it. Why would you be open to it? You're losing your job. You haven't even got a ride yet. They haven't even sworn you in. This is black leadership. This is common black leadership. Just going down there, going along to See, the problem with our community, we don't need a ride. We need to be acting fools with black leadership. They shouldn't be comfortable. Everywhere they go, they need to be molested. Hammered. Everywhere they go, they need to be thrilled about what they're doing. Mm -hmm. They should be giving those. I know that your organization. When y'all see the ultimate or the state representative, you act like he's a celebrity. You act like he's uh, uh, somebody in Hollywood or something. Well, your organization
5: has taken the lead and and very much so questioning many leadership. I mean, even as a journalist, I do see uh, leadership crumble based on your organization having a presence in the room regarding an issue. So even as they crumble and they get nervous not knowing the the direction that your membership is taking, how do you actually uh, have that impact? Do you feel as though your impact or your tactics has made some progress
3: to what end? Well, first of all, I liked what the brothers said about being mhm uh, or what we like to say in the penitentiary, century, being raped. Black mm-hmm. men are being raped in the city of Chicago in the sense of their mindset, in the sense of the businesses. If you look down there... You do have white women down in City Hall, but you have more white men than, than white white women. Mm-hmm. When you look down there, you see more white, uh, more Latino men. Why well, all of a sudden you have all these black women that's in charge, mm-hmm. and you got okay. this high immortality rate in our community? First, I want to sure. I want to deal with the women.
5: Okay, you well, Paul, let be me have women let, women me you, let me hold you. Let and me have you to you hold to your time. vote. Please, please. I mean, you can't mean Hold your vote. Hold your voice, uh, voice of the ex-offenders until after the break, and I'm all, we're going to come right back to that point regarding the women. All right. Okay. Okay, Sonia, you ready for <laughs> Thank that you, when you come back? When he start talking about women and the movement? I'm
0: ready. I'm all ready. right. Good enough. You're listening, to Black Wa- You're listening to Black Wall Street USA. I'm Sonia Perdue, founder of CBBN on Blog Talk Radio. We're on the air with Paul McKinney of Vote and the Hood Report. I'll call in numbers three four seven three two six nine four seven seven. I'll call in numbers three four seven three two six nine four seven seven. We see you on the line, but we need you to press the number one if you have a comment for our guest or question. Leave your company, and informa- company, company information and website links in the chat room. That's how we connect. We're going to take a break, and we're going to be right back, and uh, we look forward to look forward to this dynamite conversation. Thank you, Paul. Oh,
1: yeah. Oh, yeah. Everything. Everything, everything gonna be all right. Oh.
0: you listen to Black Wall Street USA on Blog Talk Radio. I'm Sonya Cassandra Perdue, founder of CBBN, and your host for this evening's show. And, yeah, that was a strong black woman. It sure was, Coco. You, listen, you can listen to us on WJPC Saturday mornings, 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. That's WJPCChicago.com. You can join us here every Thursday evening right here on Black Wall Street USA, 7 to 9 p.m., We want you to be with us on Thursdays. We want you to be part of sustaining and increasing Black businesses across the country. If you're interested in being a guest on an upcoming show, give us a call, 312-239-8835. Ron Carter's direct number is 312-624-8351. And he asked me to stop putting out there that he's a twenty-four hour operation. Call during business hours, people. Thank you so much. I also wanted to say a little bit to you about a few upcoming events with Black Wall Street, Chicago, South Street Journal, and Chicago's Black Business Network dot com. Coming up next on next Wednesday, April thirtieth, in collaboration, Otis Moreau uses this word. I'm gonna wear it out this year a community collaboration between ETS Events, who the CEO is Stanley Martin, and Chicago's Black Business Network.com. In conjunction, we are hosting a resource and job fair on Wednesday, April 13th, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. at Fernwood United Methodist Church. 10057 South Wallace, Chicago, Illinois. So there's three collaborations in one. That's where I'm going this year, people. We're going to collaborate to make some things happen, 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 happen. Uh, Firm United, you know that the Dr. Reverend Albert Sampson has been over there about 35 years, and we appreciate him opening the doors for us to provide this community service. If you are an employer, we do have a couple of booths available for you right now. Call us at 312-239-8835. Bring your best business business presentation and your best diction also. Bring your best business presentation, polish your resume, and bring a friend. That's Wednesday, April 13th, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Fernwood United, 10057 South Wallace. We look forward to seeing you there. You may also visit www.etsceo.com for more details. You can also visit CBBN. The event is posted over there. Of course, we want you to invite you to be a member of Chicago's Blood Business Network. We have almost 800 members now, Mr. McKinney. We want you to come over and be a part of what we do. We have another upcoming event on February 22nd, and we're going to do some exciting things with this event. Uh, Mark, I, Mark S. Allen and I are putting together a plan. We're going to send that out tonight. Let's meet on the street that's 35th Street, but we're going to have a twist and a turn to this one, which is more than networking. It's connecting to the next level. That's going to be April 22nd, Friday, 5 to 9 p.m., 449 East 35th Street. We've been doing this about a year, um, and they grow each time. So watch for updates on it. It's going to be a very exciting event. I'm sorry, that's April 29th. April 29th. Um, I changed the date. You didn't know that, Chairman, and I didn't either. But that's Friday, April 29th, and uh, it's going to be very exciting. So that's like three weeks out. We've got some great things going on for you. Also, you know that I'm the author of Black America, asking ourselves some tough questions. Book 122. I will begin uh, having book discussions again. that went quite well and quite interesting. Uh, the first ones that I've had, the books will be available in bookstores and should be going to the library chains very shortly. So I'm very excited. I hope to be able to travel the country asking Black America the tough questions. The book is now available on Amazon.com, so don't hesitate. Don't. Don't waste a moment. I want you to be a part of this discussion going across black America. You could also visit the website. Yes, I'm going to tell you where the book discussion is going to be. You can also visit the website, www, Asking Ourselves the Tough Questions, and you can go there even without the book and start answering some of the tough questions. The next book discussion will be May 23rd, 5.30 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. at the Avalon Library, which is 8148 South Stoney Island. You'll find this very shortly posted on the CBN website, and you'll have some more information because we're going to begin to do fundraisers for nonprofit organizations through book sales and discussions. It's going to be a book sale discussion and fundraisers. So if you have an interest in participating in that, that's in place now. Give me a call, 312-239-8835. Your organization can host a book discussion, you can pre-sell the books, and you can receive a donation from our organization. Appreciate you so much. Let's go back to the chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago, Ron Carter, His his guest of VOTE, Paul McKinney, and uh, Ron, you're back on the air with you again. All right, glad uh, to, to be back.
5: Uh, Paul, how are you feeling?
0: I'm okay. Uh,
3: what, what I was saying was I, I wanted to deal with the fact of philosophy. I'm not attacking individuals. I'm attacking their philosophy. And what is their philosophy? What is all-black leadership philosophy? Their philosophy is the liberal agenda. That's their philosophy. Now, you say all.
5: When you say all, isn't that a blanket statement to say all? I mean, even to the point that people look at you as being
3: uh, a black leader. I I can prove it. I can prove it. When Ron Emanuel, I mean Ron Hooverman, became head of uh, Uh uh, Chicago Public Schools There was no great outcry By black leadership Ryan Emanuel I mean Ryan Hooverman's Whole issue was To bring in the liberal agenda In the schools And for those who are listening I'm not going to tell you what the liberal agenda is Because you're so selfish You won't read a book I'm not going to give it to you that easy Some of y'all are going to have to put some work in so once he put the liberal agenda in, he didn't have no problem with it. Not only did they bring him down there and put him over our people, he then, you know, he uh, so-called married to a black man. Then they turned around. And wait a topic, minute, you said he
5: is so-called
3: married to a black man. Yeah, Ron, Ron, a Ron and has a black male lover. That's a, uh, be on TV. And he has, they have already adopted one black child. Now they have adopted another child. See, when Ricky Hendon supported the civil union, who led okay, the Okay, let charge, me get it.
5: are you saying that Ron and Magic All this
3: connected with him. All this is connected with this guy. You let me finish. Reality is stranger than fiction. When Ricky Hendon led the charge for civil union, He wasn't just leading the charge where men could be married. He was opening a doorway up where white men could adopt black children. And Ron Huberman was the poster child for it. Most of the people that he was hiring down there at CBS was white gay men. He was getting rid of all them black women down there and bringing in white gay men. Now, that's a liberal agenda. (laughs) Everybody ain't fighting for freedom. Some of our people is fighting to be freaks. They ain't fighting for freedom. They're not fighting for our culture. Mm. See, we got a culture, too, contrary to most of y'all listening to this. Even though we was in slavery, we had a culture. We knew what a man was, and we knew what a woman was. We knew what a family was. We couldn't have got this far without the family institution among our people. So the breakdown of our community is the liberal agenda? If y'all wonder where all these young kids is coming out of school and they are all gayed out and all dyked out, what well, they teaching in school? Under the liberal agenda, they're <laughs> teaching it. That's a part Are you of saying the liberal leadership.
5: agenda is gay agenda or something?
3: It's the whole agenda. I'm not making this up. Most of your black leadership, man and female go both ways, baby. They got kids and they still <laughs> go both ways. And they with white men. This is another misnomer. Five of all of them is down there, had white men and got white men, got babies by them. They ain't trying to be black.
5: Oh, so uh, the, the, the sexual preference of our um Public officials are influencing an agenda that is liberal. That's taking our black liberal, our black leadership off course of free being free opposed to freedom.
3: Is this uh, not what you're saying? Here? Freedom. Let me say this to y'all again. They're not fighting for freedom to free our people. They're fighting for freakism. You know for a fact that the Alderman of the 16th Ward before this Alderman had was a non lesbian, and she was having lesbian balls in Alderman Park, over there in Alden Park, over there in, in Inglewood. They were outright promoting it. This is a liberal agenda. They weren't promoting the family. That's why when we be talking about the family and all, they're not concerned with that. They're impartial to it.
5: Okay, Paul, let no, me get a clarification uh, 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 here. You don't think you're saying uh, a, little a little bit? Wait a minute. I want to
3: get this last part about these sisters with these babies. That's why you don't see black women in power having any type of sympathy or any type genism? of love or making any type of move to help the sisters that got this pre, that need prenatal care, that these that women that need, that's got these kids. They're not trying to make any effort for them. Is there anything, they tell them we're going to abolish them. This is why you have a high rate of abortion in our people. because. Was, was a uh, matter figure. of fact, I don't know if you've seen the last
5: issue of South Street Journal, but there was an organization that came out with a poster indicating uh relating abortion to the point of using a poster of Barack Obama, where they are fighting against abortion and calling par- Planned Parenthood what? A instigator for abortion. So, do you have yeah. an uh, assessment let me, let me of those me, two me, organizations let me, let me and their positions regarding abortion as it relates to the black community?
3: First of all, it is a true fact. The most dangerous place for a black boy, a black baby, is in a woman's womb. Now, in a black woman's womb. With these many abortions, what have we trained our women? Or what? How have our women come to the conclusion? That is better. And, and then all of them think in their mindset, nigga, I'm, I'm quite sure some that did already kill the baby is certainly trying to say it didn't, do it. that's in you. When you get through talking, if you left it alone, it'd be a human being. My point of the matter is these are liberal agendas. They're adopting black kids out. To white gay couples don't even know, There's no abolition among black leadership So Paul let me get this straight
5: You're calling the, the the direction Of the liberal agenda Is ran by A gay he and an abortion he is, the, he
3: is the direction of black leadership This is why they never solve our problem Because they are talking about a bunch of stuff that Ain't got nothing to do with us Mm-hmm so going back to I about what I'm callers, saying about these people on who listen to me over there. or of a past. go back and you open your window up and look out at your neighborhood. Why your neighborhood look like that? Why your community look like that? That means it's planned to look like that. It's planned so Everything going that back happen, to look like that. They planted it. It ain't no accident, coincidence, or uh, happenstance. And then, it's going a
5: back to the earlier leadership. question, are we being organized to be disorganized based on the analysis that you took with the liberal
3: agenda? Well, the liberal agenda, first of all, the generation of the 80s and the 90s, they used the dope to mess them up. The gang bang, the dope, the streets. That's not the weapon that they're going to use on these young kids today. The weapon against young kids today is sexual perversion. That's why you see everybody, look, it's a known fact, uh, Oprah, and Oprah, Oprah left her company and gave it to an openly gay white woman. You see, the gay community don't consider themselves black, contrary to a lot of black folks. They don't consider they black. They consider themselves a separate entity in a separate group and a separate ethnicity as gay. So they ain't got no problem going down there speaking against us. That's why the brother was right. Them black women be down there speaking against the black family. You can walk down and neighborhood, walk downtown and watch how black women be acting funny with you downtown. Then you down there talking against black men. This ain't no new stuff. All that black ain't them. And it might not just because. So, you oh,
5: contribute in the direction oh, that we're like going? That I know you earlier when you first came on, you was talking about the, uh, the contractors and the disparity with contractors, and we're ending at this point regarding the liberal agenda, how it is more of a conspiracy. And then in between, you was at the Black Wall Street Summit uh, talking about a political direction that Black Wall Street should take. So how do you pull all this together based on your initial statements regarding contracts to your, your point of where you're now here is speaking about the liberalism with the gay and the abortion agenda that is making our community more passive? And then to your point of a resolution at the Black Wall Street calling for a political agenda of Black Wall Street. How can you pull this together for us?
3: First first of all, what they're doing to our people, our people, the preachers don't preach against it, the teachers don't teach against it. The leaders don't lead against it? What they're doing to our community, they're acquiring it. It's called a quiet hit. They're quietly putting this on our people. They, the war against black folks ain't a war against black men. The war against black folks against the black family. It is a war against the black family, and it's headed up through the liberal agenda. Now, let me say this here, specifically to black men. I'm getting off these windows. I'm talking about gay black men. Just a cop out. The whole thing is, the whole lifestyle is a cop-out. It's the whole, all of it is a cop-out because you didn't want to deal with these white folks. And by you being like that, they let you run right up the front of the ladder. There ain't no bunch of uh, homeless, homosexuals around here. There ain't a bunch of homeless, homosexuals all messed up in society. If you gay, they can't let you right in corporate America. Like gay men go right up the front of the ladder, and they be in there speaking against us. Because they don't consider that one of us, even though it, it was one of us that was a big brother that had to go to school and make everybody leave him alone. Even though it was one of us that, that, that they didn't like had to step up from, man, leave my brother alone. Yeah, he might be like that. He's still my brother. Leave him alone. So let when let me, you, gay, you, you, we, we have the gay black men ever took a stand, administration? You, to yeah, me, Paul, man. As you raise have a, the gay black men ever, since your lifetime. Took so a stand with that in Jesus. mind,
5: is you're contributing uh, the the destruction to a cop- great out. degree. It's a
3: way of copping out. It's a, way of cop- it's a way of being taking your manhood from you. Well, how do you it's apply? A way of I mean, alone, you work get-alone. with a lot of youth. You hey, work if I with, be like uh, this, I can make it. Under yeah, come uh, on, under Let's show up the block and make it. And he ain't got to do all that. And he ain't got a, a third grade education. Mr. McKinley. Cop- Mr. McKinley. Out. I'm talking now, about the and black men. You, women, you, There's a whole and, number of things. It's more complicated with them. But them black men, it ain't going to top out. When they contribute
5: the, uh, the uh, saggy pants to uh, a sexual
3: preference. It's, it's a liberal agenda. If, 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 if now, watch this. I'm glad you brought that up. If the hip-hop community, they they are not the same. Hip-hop and rap is not the same. A lot of people think that they are. They're not.
5: Rap. I'm talking about pants as far as You're talking as about the
3: saggy pants. I'm telling you where it comes from. It's a culture. It's a popular it's a culture? culture. I'm trying I'm trying to get to what you're talking about. You ask a question, and it, it don't be that simple. The hip-hop community, it promotes gay agenda. Most of all the rappers that just got busted out in 2010, your Lil Wayne's, your Kanye West's, your your uh, Jay-Z's, all of them got popped off. And even and uh, Small, Little Caesar, who just got caught the weekend with a male prostitute, where well, they was all promoting the gay agenda in, 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 in the industry. So when Little Shorty turned on the music and he see this sexual perversion in the size of the, uh, of the Freak, well, you taking it up Hey, there it is. You know, my homeowner's kicking. I'm a shot out am 15. I'm looking at it. Man, this got to be what's happening because they know ain't nothing wrong with it. Hey, she can hit me too. That's what's going on. That's all a part of the liberal agenda. It ain't number one agenda. Whether it be so are you leadership, that- whether it be the, the music industry. And I, well, let me say it to you like this, sir. You don't see the R&B community doing that. You don't see a, a Leo Soul doing that. You don't see the blues singers doing that you don't see the uh, 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 uh even in the white uh areas you don't see them with the with the with the country western the reason why you see it in our community because it is directed toward our youth it's called in 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 the u n that it's called ethnic poisoning it's called poison their children. So they they get have some no
5: clarity, money. I'm an old no guy, you know. I'm I'm kind of old here, but I'm trying to get some clarity based on your association of working with youth. Are you saying that there is a gay
3: tendency of <laughs> rap in, in among young black men through the entertainment industry? There is a gay agenda. Yes. And it's being promoted mostly through the hip-hop community and those are the more people that they show but the regular rappers, hardcore rappers, or conscious rappers, or just rappers in general, they don't promote them because they're not promoting their agenda. That's true. Well, all yeah, but all of them uh, have their parents
5: coming ass, so what's the deal?
3: Well, the thing is that how when a lot of the young kids found out in 2010 and and, and, and in this, this year too, when the young people found out that this was these were really homosexuals, a lot of them became disheartened. They were their leaders. These rappers were their leaders, in a sense. But when they found out they was gay, they're like, hold oh, on, man, we don't know. So you got to understand, our people, we got our own culture. And we don't believe in that stuff that they believe in. That's
5: okay, Paul. Part our culture. Paul, let of our let me get something straight here with you. Now, I know you came on here, you started your conversation off talking about the justification that we need to get parity on contracts. And now this conversation, as we develop talking about leadership and then talking about our youth and our parity, and now we're looking at the gay liberal agenda is influencing the destruction of our youth. And do I suppose to walk down the street? and identify a youth with their pants falling off their butt associated with being gay?
3: Not necessarily. That don't make him gay. But because he's being influenced by the, the the liberal agenda, he's throwing off that image. It's just like back in the 70s when everybody was wearing them superfly hats. Everybody wearing a superfly hat wasn't no gangster. Right. Right? Correct. Well it's the same with that. Just because he got his hands run down on mean he ain't. but he is throwing off and when when you was wearing that gangster hat, you are all the gangster image though. So when you wear your so when you're throwing out that bisexual image, see first of all, what I'm saying to you is this is our youth, they are using to perversion to destroy our youth. That's my whole the whole thing. So well, we fighting, I tell you we what, we're gonna time, do. we to do. be fighting a lot of times. We be fighting against different issues. Paul, a lot this of times I, I come to see the people that I'm fighting with. I'm like, man, you ain't really fighting about no, uh, you fighting about what's going wrong. You just want to do your thing. You just want to do. You just want to be freak. You ain't trying to Well, be we're freak. going you're to, to we're gonna do a follow
5: up in the next issue of South Street Journal based on the topic as this as this conversation with. I don't know if there are some callers that want to make some comments, but there are some some questionable remarks that you have made that can raise some serious questions about the state of the black community as it relates to our youth. Taking full consideration, the best way to kill any movement is to kill the mindset of the youth. As we move forward, I don't know if you want to elaborate a little bit more on that, but we also want to get into the direct action as it relates to the uh, resolution that you made at the Black Wall Street Economic Summit on March 26th. Or you want to elaborate a little bit more on
3: this subject of this cultural? I would like for us to have a sidebar with that and talk about that, a sidebar about the resolution but I definitely want to bring out the last piece about poisoning the youth. Mm-hmm. But my my issue, my issue, my issue is that when they had, when uh, it's a reason why uh, when the rappers was coming to Chicago and while the rappers was going through a lot of stuff that they're going through, they're not robbing and sticking up blues singers and shooting them. They got young blues singers and jazz singers, right? It's the reason why all that confusion we have in the school. If you got all our people being something that they ain't got no business being, and living like they ain't got no business living. If our men are trying to be women and our women are trying to be men, then we got you got a confused community. And if our leaders if our leaders are saying that are uh, just ain't saying nothing, just going along with it and allowing black children to be adopted out to white gay men and white gay women. Why is this not being brought to the table? Well, let me in downtown. Yeah, yeah, Renal still on the line. I want the Um, the women
5: to hear this. Mr. Tatum, would you like to get get in on this comment here? Renal Tatum?
4: Yeah, Uh, I'm
5: here. Yeah, would you like to make a comment on this uh, assessment that Paul has made based on this culture influencing the movement of blacks directed toward our youth and you being in the education system or being a part of the Chicago public schools as well.
3: I mean, it's it's absolutely correct. I mean, we have to be concerned about our
4: own people first. I'm black, there's no doubt about that. I'm African and American. And and I also have to be very very careful about
3: uh, many of the things that Paul talked about falls into a class affects a class of people that's brown and black. But I got to address the black issue. Uh, everything that he said is true. It can be substantiated through literature for those scholars that may be listening. There's there, there's there's research out there to substantiate what some people would call allegations, that's not allegations, it's the truth. But most people don't have to figure on the pulse of information to even understand that what Paul is saying is the truth for two reasons. Either they want to be in denial about it because they don't want to accept the truth. See, the truth don't hurt. The truth sets you free. What hurts is when you want to not let go of the lie. See, they, they want to believe it's something totally different. Those Negroes, middle class and upper class, that pull themselves up from the bootstraps, that forgot where they got the bootstraps from in the boots, want to try to look down on our people and say, that if I can make it, you can make it too.
5: Good question the, here,
3: Paul, I mean, Renal, uh, well, no, let me ask you.
5: Now, what if I got this right? Paul alluded to the liberal agenda is influencing the political movement of the black community in which that <laughs> liberal agenda is disguised with the agenda of abortion in the black community and gayism to influence the the, the cultural advancement of black people. Do you agree but with it,
3: that? I agree with it because it's actually being driven by economic development for that liberal group. That is fueled the liberal agenda that he's talking about is actually what's underneath it is the economic development piece. Right. Think, about oh, how much, there, there Think about how much money the Jewish community on, is making. Think about how much money is being made off of music and entertainment as a result of our people are driving that. They're the workers. But the owners are the ones that control the distribution, the production, the executive production. Of all this entertainment and music, so it it it, it empowers them. It, it gives them additional resources, which are called dollars. So it serves a it's a double edged sword. They wipe the people out based on their ignorance, and at the same time, they increase their bank account.
5: okay, there's a question from our uh, from the chat room from one hour listeners, and their question is. Is there any hope for mentoring programs to guide our youth uh, to get them out in the? It,
4: it, it depends uh-huh. on
3: what type of program it is and who the mentors are, because if the mentors are miseducated Negroes, based on Carter G. Woodson's definition then they may be mentoring our people and they may pull them out of the situation they are, but draw them into another situation where they look like they're going to become productive citizens of society. But they could also be like the people that Du Bois talked about, the talented Tiff that lose okay, their Okay, that very so term throws them. me Ron, off. Ron, 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 hold on, hold on please. Hey. Then they become clones of the mentors and feed into the middle class and upper class Negro agenda, which is kind of productive to African American people And a whole. They don't even Okay, understand. when you say
5: they though who are you referring to as they?
3: Middle class, class and come out of class Negro. of people. you you right, he comes a class of people who the new uncle term is middle class. So when you hear people saying they're middle class they're proud of not living around our people. They're proud of not marrying one of our people. This new Uncle Tom has been legitimized. And when you hear when you hear Barack Obama talking, he's not talking about the masses of our people. He's only talking about the middle class. He's telling you right, and that's a very that's one percent middle class. You got to be making two and three hundred thousand dollars. So no people living at Deal Hill and hey, 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 hey. them different neighborhoods that they say they they ain't no middle class. But but the middle class has became it's just like guys selling dope. Everybody want to think that they are gonna be the big little dealer, so they say they'll do it all the time. He's a small time nobody, just standing on the corner selling a hundred over drugs. That's the same with the middle class. It's a class of people that think that they are superior than us, and they times out on us. Then they don't want to be
0: around us.
5: Well, as we get ready to go to the closing of this program tonight, I want to go back to our, our one of our questions here on uh, Chicago's Black Business Network. Then, with all the scenario, scenarios of what you have discussed regarding the liberal agenda and our youth, and as Tatum attributed to economic development, what actually have we achieved? Uh, this far,
3: absolutely well, the thing we have achieved, we have identified the problem. Yeah. before a long time, we have not identified the monster. We have not been able to identify the hideous creature. We have been identified. We have it it, it, it. it almost reminded me of the situation when I was on the yard in the penitentiary. When I was on yard with guys, There was a Muslim, a Christian, a, a Hebrew Israelite, a brother. He was a communist which he said is was revolutionary, and they had other brothers up there. And he used a terminology to show me how to get directly to the point. He said, what do you think about prostitution? And everybody in the crowd agreed that prostitution was wrong, but they used different words. Some said it was exploitation. Some said that it was uh, making a fool of the woman. We used a very different terminology. But at the end of the day, we all could agree that we could see the hideous beast. The problem with us is, that we cannot identify the hideous beast. We cannot identify clearly that our people have got a mindset. And he did tell you right also again about those brothers who were mentoring that have been the colleges because you got to understand that they had the Freakniks down there in Atlanta, Georgia. When you had the Freakniks, that's what they were all about, the Freakniks. That's why Atlanta, Georgia, has the a so-called black male uh, gay capital in America. How did, that, how did it go from a bunch of black women and men down there having fun to the black male gay capital of the world? It was designed to come out there, and it was, it was driven through the hip-hop community. And it was driven through the money that Bill Crosby was giving to them frats and them fraternities down there. They got one, I'm not going to say the name, but they got one of the historical black college down there. They're saying they're going to call it the gay college now. So it, it it is a, a, a it is beast and we have to be able to identify. And that's what's not being brought to the table. Now, the liberal agenda to the table. Let them argue. Let them just think about A let couple argue, of, a, a with, couple with of months ago I, 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 I have anybody that hears me on the radio today if if you want to bring me back, bring anybody that that supports the liberal agenda or the Milton Potts theory, all the most caudal ideas, bring me back so I can expose them with hair on their heads. Let me just bring me back. But well, you know what we're
5: going to do? Uh there are some um uh some gay um um I I'm not going to call no names out per se, but there are some gay uh people that are involved with Black Wall Street and I'm going to have to follow up on your invitation uh regarding the subject. How much it got to do with sustaining and increasing black business, we're going to have to find out. <laughs> So, uh, Renal, you want uh, some um, before we do some closing remarks? Um, get back to Paul, Renal. I mean, Renal, you want to uh, make some final remarks on this subject here?
3: Not really. We. I mean, we don't have much time. Let Paul close out. I get off the line. Everybody have a good evening. And uh, people need to start thinking. They need to start reading. They need to understand the historical uh, connotations connected to contemporary issues so they can get a better perspective on what's actually happening so uh, these people can stop uh, pulling the cover over their eyes. And, and lastly, oftentimes, things are not just conspiracies against Africans in America. What they are, are plans of action for the sole benefit of a particular group that don't include uh, Africans in America, which appear to be conspiracies. Oftentimes, All right, thanks a lot,
5: So, Paul, based on your resolution that you passed at the Black Wall Street uh, economic summit on March 26th. Can you elaborate on that uh, resolution that you uh, put out to us? Caught in the rain, Paul?
3: Tell the people. I'm talking about our people right now. We have to promote the family in our people. We must promote the historical family of our culture, because in Africa, that's not our culture. The liberal agenda, and I ain't. It ain't up for debate because they execute you over there, just like you okay, see Okay, so there how there, does this relate to the resolution that you presented at the summit? I'm saying that if you don't, if we don't, if we don't deal with it, first of all, I did state that we should have our own black caucus. And politicians should not be included in it. They have had so many black politicians caucus, caucus, and they have, and you've seen what they've brought to us. You've seen what the black caucus has brought to us. And they've even made the word black uh, stink in the mouths of young people. Because when you talk to young people, the first thing they say is, man, I don't want to hear anything about that black stuff. You feel me? So we All have right. to be family. Our I, I thing has to be family first. If you don't want to be a part of you black and you don't want to be a part of a, a black family because who, who, you came from us, but you want to go do your thing, fine. I ain't trying to stop you. Mm-hmm. But in the meanwhile, I believe in putting a family together, putting our men as men, putting our women as women, and bringing our women back to the motherhood, which they uh, uh, are. And, and 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 our women was queens when other European countries didn't have no queens over their country. Ruling the old country. So as far as they trying to make us sexist and we we're the founders of women dynasties in Africa is is really is disingenuous at best and a flat out lie at at most. So mm-hmm. our thing is to bring our, our people and be about us. Because so we ain't got no business being everything here, all that and those who want to be that. Those who wanna be all that time, That's your choice. But I don't think it should be forced on the children. Well, we're going I think to the be children should have a, to, the right to, we're going to be moving toward our to make next, their own choice. I don't think that the liberal agenda should be shoved down their throat like they have been done. Okay, well Paul, way we're going to be moving toward
5: our next summit or May twenty uh May twenty first. What do you perceive based on this black caucus that you're calling for that we can see develop between now and May 21st of this year?
3: Well, In your closing remarks. First of all, we need to. We have a new mayor. And with this new mayor, we need to go down there and demand the meeting. And if he don't meet us, it's fine. But what it's going to show is going to show the black folks he ain't on shit with you, excuse me, from part of my friend. He ain't on nothing with us. See, our thing has got to expose these Negroes. And the only way you can expose it, you got to make these people say they don't like you. When 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 Karen Moses Brown said that they called that woman a crackhead, no matter what she said, she couldn't take it back. All the regular people knew that the leaders Negroes hate the little bitty people. So we got to expose these Negroes who hate us. And they're all kind of genders. They ain't just gay or lesbians. They have the same. Some of them got wild kids and still ain't they kids. Well, Paul, so we got we to gonna, be on top. We, we got to be about our out. business I, I
5: and structure and our I definitely want to thank you for coming the on Chicago's Black Business Network. Every
3: single ward in our community, we got to make sure that the black Wall Street be accepted and be like an enterprise zone where they take the money and they uh, put it on this block yeah, <laughs> they take tips money and do everything else. They can take well, tips money. Well, you missed that meeting today. We had a
5: meeting today, and we discussed exactly what you just got through proposing. But we want to include that that political caucus that you proposed to help drive that home.
3: So again, well, we're going to move ask in you the back. Town without the political wing.
5: Right. Well, we're going to ask you to come back to our uh, blog radio real soon so we can follow up on your uh, position and have some counter punches based on your position as well. So, again, Paul, thank okay. you for being on Chicago's Black Business thank, Network, thank Black Wall Street Chicago, and uh, I'm supposed to be seeing you tomorrow. Is that correct?
0: Well, I guess, did he leave?
5: Well, 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 we're gonna have some follow-up. How you like that uh, interview? That kind of took us a little bit to the out of the norm. Uh, Anya?
0: No, I, I absolutely don't think it was out of the norm. I think it was within the norm and within some of the things that we should be talking about: um, the black leadership, liberalism, uh, the gay movement into our communities, the. Um, Destruction of the family, destruction of the black male, the destruction of the the young black female, the murder of the uh, the murder of millions of black babies. No, it's right on. It's right what we should be talking about across this nation. Um, I we can get into it some more. Yeah, Paul can come back and uh, we can <laughs> talk right. about it. We can talk Very about good. it some more. I have no problem with that. want to remind you there's a meeting next week at 449 East 35th Street, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. That's the Black Wall Street Committee meeting. For those of you who have been unable to attend those early Thursday morning meetings, yes, I did miss the meeting. And uh want to remind you April 13th, for next Wednesday, at 157 South Wallace, ETS events in Chicago's Black Business Network in a community Collaborative will be hosting our first job and resource fair. Uh, we hope some of your, more of your employees will call us and reach out to us. We want to see you there. My number is 312-239-8835. Ron Carter, who's the publisher of South Street Journal, come on over and pick up a newspaper. We're also having another Let's Meet on the Street networking event on the 29th of this month. And we've got some surprises for you. So, Ron, uh, it's a great show as usual All of them are great to me And uh, I look forward to talking with you And um, We didn't do a roundup for the summer But we will next week We want to thank everybody for listening Each one of each one of you have a great and wonderful evening And uh, let's get busy Talking about the things that are really important Some of these are the tough questions But that's what we do Thank you, Ron Have a good evening All right, good that all.